0: Well, we, we don't have a whole lot, lot of time. Uh, was any of you here the last session? None of you were here. Okay, good. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, I can repeat some stories, and, and we can talk. Uh, our our basic uh, desire is, and what they've asked me to do was, is to help people to understand how to work with people of non non Anabaptist background. How do you relate with them? And what are some of the pointers in, in making a smooth you know working together for those that are coming in that, are, that are, have uh, experienced uh, salvation or maybe haven 't even okay we 're glad to have you with us. Uh, I want to tell you a little story uh, back a number of years ago, I picked up a newspaper and there a little boy had written an article. A little boy, I don't know, maybe six years old, and he he'd written actually like he'd written to a man who was a gold and silver expert. And he wrote to this man. He said, "Dear sir, I understand that you are a gold and a silver expert." And so he had this in the paper. They had it in the paper. And, and then the expert he wrote back, and he and they had it recorded there in the paper also, and he said, uh, "Dear." dear young man or son or whatever he said i want to inform you that there are no gold or silver experts he said that it has to do with the mind and i could tell you a little bit more about that why that is but uh in, in the subject that i'm speaking about today i don't i don't feel that i'm an expert and i don't think there are no experts but i believe the holy spirit god gives us direction and we can help each other. And I, and I hope that you're here and you're open that if if God has given you something that is would help to synchronize or or make it smooth uh, coming together with people who weren't taught the way we were that you can share that. And I'll, I'll share some experiences I had. I think it's a, a kind of way of priming, might say the priming of the pump and get the water coming. If you have something you'd like to share, that, that maybe some of the things that I'll share will help you to to share too. Before we do that, let's let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much that you are a loving Father. You care about us. You care about this meeting here this evening, Father. We thank you that you have all wisdom, and Father, we feel so all, unworthy uh, all of this of this time of, of sharing together in this way. Father, we feel uh, very ignorant in ourselves, but Father, we know that you have the wisdom. So we uh, we pray, Father, you would lead our thoughts. And, what we speak about, Father, you would you would share to us and help us through this time of uh, of sharing together. God, that you might be glorified, that we have a deeper longing to reach out to people and be a a good servant of yours. We thank you so much for all you've done for us, God. We want to be faithful servants to you in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Okay, um, I've always been interested in well, since the time I was I found the Lord, I've been excited about witnessing to people. And, and, so I talked to a lot of different people and, and it got to the place that where, uh, because of my zeal and reaching out to people, I did a lot of ignorant things. And, 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 also I learned from them and, and God knew that I did it from an honest heart. And, uh, and through that, people began to feel like, you know, I knew something about reaching out to people. And so I was asked to, to speak at different places about relating to people like, of non-anabaptist background well, so several years back uh, i was asked to speak at a minister's conference on relating to these people but before i did this i told my wife you know i feel so unworthy i feel like you know we all all, all have ought to be able to you know share this and, and help reach out to people and so i said what shall i do she said i would suggest that you would write a questionnaire and send it to all the people who had tried to come to our type of settings that were not of our settings and, and ask them, how do you feel? What are the hindrances of, of coming to this type of setting? Uh, what are, you know, what do you feel uncomfortable about? What, what do you, is the culture a, a hindrance? A, a number of things like that. And I wish I had that questionnaire because I didn't realize that I was going to get in this, in this much of it. I, I would, it would really help. But I, we sent out over a hundred of these to a uh, hundred different people and they gave their t- testimony. I said, if you will share w- with us, if, if you will, t- if you will tell us, uh, completely honestly how you feel about it, we will not tell anybody, give them your name or anything. We might use the example as a help in the future. So we got some real good feedback, real good. And, uh, uh, we, the question, one of the big questions that we have among our people is culture. And and a lot of times it comes up, you know, our culture drives people away. And I have come to the conclusion by these questionnaires and and the things that we've experienced through working with our people that that, that's not the problem. And I'll explain to you. Uh, a lot of the people who wrote back said the culture was not the problem because when they first came, the culture was what really caught their first attention. It, it, they saw this simple way of living, this this family-like type of living, like we live together, we live together, we love each other, supposedly. Uh, we're in unity together, and everybody does things alike, so you don't have to worry about trying to keep up with somebody else who does it better or whatever. And so it was very appealing to a lot of them. But they said the big, the big disappointment was when they come into the church and found the lack of love. Yeah, that was one of the things—lack of love—and another one was arrogant spirit. And I think—and I hate—I hate to admit that—but that's that's the truth. And I I feel like for myself, you know, I've been too much like, like, uh, like I I knew it, and uh, I didn't want to be that way. But you know, I was glad for their honest report on that. That we tend to feel like the way we live. You know, like, like we're just superior to other people. I mean, I don't, I don't think we we just decide to think that way, but it just it just kind of comes across to our kind of people. We just we just tend to be that, you know. Well, this is the way to do it, and if you don't do it that way, you're just kind of not not quite up to. You're kind of a one long short short of a ladder, and and so and, and they feel that, and and you know the Bible says, "Do unto others as you'd have them do it to you." And so uh, we had a case where where. Uh, Uh, Well, there were several others I might share yet with those questionnaires is what are some of the hindrances? Another one was the German language. Now, a number of those said that that they weren't against the German language so much as the fact that our people would speak the German language, a lot of them, when they were around and didn't tell them what they were saying. And so they were were like outsiders and pushed outside. I mean, how would you feel uh, if you didn't know what they were saying? And my wife, she said, I understand very well. She, she came from the Mennonites and she, and they didn't, they didn't speak, they didn't speak German. I knew it, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really speak it either, but I, I did know it. And so she telling me, said, it's, it's a terrible feeling because people will talk and, and, some people, they don't mean any harm by it, but it's a very rude, careless way of doing it. I'll just be honest with you. Because, you know, if a person's there and they don't understand, the, the Bible even says that he who speaks in a tongue, uh, should not speak in tongue unless there be an interpreter. Do you know that? That's what the Bible says. It says you shouldn't you shouldn't speak in a language that people don't understand. The Bible says that. And so uh, that if you can speak in another tongue, but be sure you interpret it. Okay. And so that's that's the, that's the law of doing unto others you have them doing to you. Okay. El, el, a lot of those said they'd like to learn German. They're not against people talking German. If you tell me what you say. And, and I understand that, because I was in Russia, and those people, <laughs> they talked Russian when I first got over there, and, and I didn't know what they were saying. I mean, they were talking about me, I'm pretty sure they were, but, <laughs> what, but what were they saying? <laughs> and and that, was, that, was, that was a terrible feeling, and, and so I had it firsthand. I learned pretty quick that that's a terrible feeling, and, and I will tell you, if you hear you know German, well, be careful. Um, and so, let, let me give you some examples, and I'm going to give time for, you, for questions, But, uh, uh, beings that, beings that I was reaching out to a lot of those kind of people, they would, they would, my wife said, all those kind of people drew to me. And she said, just seemed like they came around, you know, it was automatically they came to me. Uh, Because, it was just simple because, just the fact that I, 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 I I was, my heart was out to them. My, My heart went out to them. And it wasn't that I was better than anybody else or anything, but it just my nature. You know, just if somebody came like that, I was right there. You know, I'll shake your head. Glad you came here. We love you. You come to my house, you're welcome there. And they come in there, we sit down, we give them a glass of water and, or some tea or coffee, and we sit down and visit with them. And, and they love it. They, everybody wants to be loved. And, uh, and these people, that's one of the biggest things. Oh, by the way... <coughs> I talked to a Methodist minister il, 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 when I was a younger man trying to figure out how to reach, to reach these people. I said, how do you reach these people, you know, that come off the streets and places like that? How, how do you get close to them? How can, how can you help them? Uh, I said, you know, we don't really understand them. You know, how, how can you understand a person you haven't lived their life? You haven't walked in their shoes. You know, the Indian says walk in... Walk in his moccasins for a mile. Well, if you haven't walked in the moccasins, you don't understand them. You don't really, you want to, but you don't understand. I said, well, what do you do? He said, one of the most important things is you've got to love them. And I believe that. I believe that, that love carries, that goes many, many miles for people. You know, you, you ought to be loved. You, you know how you feel if somebody comes up, you, you know that they really love you or if they just wish you'd just get out of here. You know, oh well, you want some water? Okay, here, you know. It, it just kinda of that type of attitude. Uh people soon find out. Well, so they that they, the as I was like I was, uh somebody this one lady come to me from another little liberal Mennonite church, she said, She's a young young girl, I think maybe eighteen years old, she said, uh, you need to go thirty miles off to another town, it's called Crewe, Virginia. We lived in Farm, Virginia said there's a there's a church starting there from uh, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, or whatever, and they're calling themselves Mennonite. And you need to go visit them. So I said, oh, okay. So there's a Mennonite church down there. <laughs> I was excited about that. The people from these other people there, they started a Mennonite church. So I get in my car and I drive down there and I drive up to this place where they said this Mennonite church is supposed to be. And I'm looking up and down the street and I, I don't see any Mennonites nowhere in I asked somebody here, I said, is there any Mennonites around here? They looked around and, mm, I don't know what that is. And I kept looking around, I saw somebody else come, is, is there any Mennonites here? Oh yeah, yeah, right there in that church right there. That's the Mennonites They're right there. And here they were going in and these women had real short dresses like this and their earrings and their hair was hanging down. And I said, whoa, well, Mennonites? Well, I don't, I don't belong to be here. <laughs> what is this? And so, so, but I, but I said, well, no, no, the Spirit of God said, no, wait, wait, wait. Don't leave," I said. "You go find out." So I went over the door and I said, "I walked up, thinking I'm bashful. I looked around and I said, "Is is is this the midnight church?" Yeah, yeah, this is the midnight church." I said, "Can I come?" Oh, sure, come on in." So I I go in there, and they have all these plates and stuff laying around their their chairs and metal plates, you know, and stuff. And the preacher he gets up and he says, "Well," he says something like, "Praise the Lord." Uh we have come together to worship God. So we're going to start worshiping. They said, uh, you get to your feet, let's sing. They grabbed all their plates and they started banging them together. And and away they went. They were singing and they were just praising the Lord. I said, Whoo, what is this? I said, this isn't Mennonite. uh, I was ready to kind of find the door and slip out of there. I thought I was the wrong place. But someone said, oh, wait a minute. Don't judge him. Don't, Don't judge him yet. Just wait a minute. So I waited and... And after service, they came and talked to me. They were just as nice as they could be. They asked me questions, and they were really interested. And then and, and they said, yeah, we're Mennonite. We started a Mennonite church here. And these some of these were Methodists, and some of these were Presbyterian, and some of these were somebody else. And we got together, and we started this Mennonite church. I said, what do you start a Mennonite church for? The preacher said, you know, he said, every time I met these, like, Anabaptist people, and and I'd come up to him and I was something about God. Oh, they stopped right now. They talking about God. So they they talking about God. Just standing there talking about God. Just having a nice time and, and just took time there to talk about God. He said I thought that was really honorable. These people would talk about God. Next time he he come to some more of men, these Mennonites or Anabaptist people. He asked them about God. Well, yeah, they took time, and stopped off their work, and they talked about God. He said everywhere I went, I saw these people were willing to talk about God. He said that impressed me he said "Well, our people you, you can no longer strike up a conversation about god and so he said we decided to start a mennonite church and so here we got a mennonite church <laughs> earrings and short dresses and and all that makeup and and they look at us well what are y'all dressed like that for <laughs> uh, well we tell them, well the bible says you should dress in modest apparel you know and live as godly women and we should live a modest life as as all christians and that's that's why we do it and, Oh, that's a good idea. We like that. And, well, okay. So next time I come back, well, a bunch of them had got longer dresses and their earrings were gone and, and, then Sunday or so later I come over there and some of them had tied, tied something up on their head. And, and, it was a long. They were, they were dressing very plain. They, they were open to the gospel. And, uh, then our, our bishop, I said, you're, I said, you need to go down and see these people. I said, this, this is, this is amazing. These people are excited about the Lord. And I said, they were, first of all, they had all kinds of like short dresses and stuff. Now they're wearing longer dresses and, and they're trying to wear something on their heads and they don't wear rings anymore. You yeah. know, so, you yeah, know, okay, he went along. Our bishop, he had a long beard. He looked like a prophet, you know, just nice, nice old man, you know, just very nice person. And he walked in there and he looked around a little bit. And, He's just a nice thing to be. He's not a quick, harsh judge person. And he, he talked about Praise the Lord. He said, I'm glad to meet you, And you know, and talk to people. They liked him so good. So, uh, these people were highly educated people, doctors and lawyers and people had got together. And, and, and here the doctor. He started wearing, wearing, raising a great big long beard. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and his wife, she was a doctor too. And She started wearing this nice big covering on her head and nice long dresses and... And they were really excited about it. these these people are people of the lord and, 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 and they and they wash feet you know and so yeah, the other bible says that, so he when Yuri was there and one of I'm going "I' want to wash your feet, would you take your shoes off or got get your shoes off <laughs> pick your shoes off and got a tub over there and wash his feet real good. <laughs> they were just they were just open and just lovely people i mean just wonderful and and, and they just you know right now they're they're ready accepting but I think the thing is loving people. Just loving people. And, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, in the same area, uh a farm of Virginia, I saw this fellow. I met him, and I right away saw He looked like a very lonely person. And, uh, so I walked, walked up there and started talking to him. Talked about the Lord. And, and, uh, I asked him, does he know the Lord? Yeah, he said, he said I'm a Christian. And, uh, and I said... Uh, uh, you married? And he said, no. He said, I'm not married. He's like 30 years old. And, and I said, uh, I talked to him for a while. I said, come by and visit me sometime. He said, okay. So he came over one day. and I'm going to try to make it as short as I can cause time gets away from me. He came over. And, uh, I told, took him in the house and sat him down in the living room. I gave a glass of water and sat right down there. We both sat there, just sat back, right, right back, and we started talking. And I asked him, he and he started talking. He opened up. But he's very, very slow at talking, but he started opening up his life and just talking about how lonely he is. And he just feels like an outcast. I said, well, Edward, you're, 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 you're welcome here anytime. Said, any time. I said, anytime you come here, you're welcome right here. And I said, come to church Sunday. He said, okay, I'll come. So he came to church and he loved it in church. He said, you know, he really felt good there. Uh, he came for a while and then we moved away. We moved out to missouri and then he couldn't go in the church there but then uh later um i heard that he got married and, and then he called me one day he said uh, lloyd he said uh this is edward worry he said he said i got married since i saw you and he said uh uh and I want to bring my wife out uh, west. She, he said, I thought maybe we could stop in and visit y'all maybe in the afternoon, an hour or so. And Could we come visit? I said, sure, Edward, you can come visit us. And he said, but my wife, she's a little scared of these Mennonites. She said, she don't know if she wants to come to our house, you know, and be around there too long. I said, we'll bring her over. So so they, they, sure enough, a few days later here, they come driving in here. And they come in, and we take them in and sit them down in the living room like we normally do and get them a glass of water and sit there with them and talk to them. Got to visiting and she said, uh, oh I said, well you, would you like to go out and see some of the people here that are, are our brethren here? Oh, uh, you know, that'd be okay probably. So we got in our vehicle and van and we drove around. We had some work projects and our brethren were working together and, 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 and doing things together and we stopped there and, and, we took them out there and showed them what they're doing and the brethren come over and shook their heads and, you know, welcomed them in the area. And, so we got back to the house and, and uh, he kept on talking and talking and, I said, well, Edward, it's about time to go to bed. I said, y'all just want stay here. And he said, oh, okay. So, so they stayed that night. Next morning, we were together and did things together. And kept going through the day. All day long, they stayed. Then the next night, they stayed again. And the next day, they stayed. And it was like three days. And finally, he said, we were just going to stay a few hours, but he said, we didn't stayed three days. And he said, we, we we're going to have to go. So we'd want to see some other things that we, we, we really enjoyed this. So they left. And several weeks later, I got another call on the phone. It was Edward. Edward said, uh, you know, Lloyd said, you might you might laugh at me. He said, but I always thought, you know, since I met you that I'd like to become a Mennonite. And he said, uh, and I was talking to my wife about that and she didn't want nothing to do with y'all. So now she wants to be a Mennonite and I'm not too sure I want to be. <laughs> 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 he said, he said can, can we move out and join your church? And I said, well, Edward, I said, We'd love to have you, but I said, I wouldn't advise that. I said, there's a, there's a Mennonite church there and they're more liberal than we are. I said, if you can go and join there, I said, they'll, they'll love you and they'll understand you and you can stay. If I said, if you go there, you stay for a year and you're satisfied and you think it's a good thing. I said, sure, you can come to Missouri. So went about a little over a year here, I got a call. He said, we've been a member of the Mennonite church in Farmville now for this year. He said, if we want to come to Missouri. Can we come? I said, "Yeah, you can come." So we'll come and get you. So we went and got him, and they live in Missouri now. But the thing is, is to love those people. They want to be understood. And he was a type of person very peculiar. I mean, he was a person really kind of hard to talk to, and he was he was kind of like uh, had some strange ideas. He didn't like to eat meat, so whenever he came to our house, we told him we would try to make things in such a way that he could eat the the vegetables and we would eat the meat. And so he's, he's not offended about anybody who eats meat, but he doesn't feel comfortable to do that. So, no problem. We, we, ate that way, and in the church we had it that way, that if you went to anybody's place to, for dinner, they didn't have, they didn't have meat for him. And yeah, everything was fine, we get along good that way. But, yeah, some people say, well, what's wrong with you? Well, why don't you want to eat meat? That, the Bible says you can eat meat. But why would, why do we need to do that? They don't have to eat meat. Why can't we be more considerate and more loving about stuff like that? And so uh, I would just encourage, you know, to be open and, um, and not and not push those kind of things on people. Because Paul said I, he wouldn't eat meat to the end of the world before he'd offend anybody. You know, and so I, I think we ought to be of that nature. Um, while While I was in Ukraine... Uh, we had uh, the Baptists visiting us, and uh, uh, it's, it's quite a long, story. I can't tell you all, all that, I like to tell you about that, but uh, the Baptists in Ukraine, a lot of them are very much like the Mennonites are here. The Baptists, uh, what they call the, the non-registered Baptists, the women wear veils, uh, they believe in the holy kiss, they don't believe in unconditional eternal security, they don't believe in, uh, or they they believe in non-resistance in um, just about almost every doctrine we do. Um, and uh, there's one thing that they like in is is the thing about divorce. In some cases, they would allow allow somebody to come to church that had been divorced, that got converted after a divorce. They allowed them to come, but they would not allow them to to get married inside the church. And so uh, um, while while we were in, in Ukraine. Uh, we had tremendous work going on out in the, in the area where we're at. It was in a remote, remote area. And a lot of people were coming. And it was so, so dramatic that, you know, some of the, Baptists began to get jealous at the Mennonites because they felt like, you know, you know, all of us, we can tend to be a little defensive. We think somebody seems to be a little bit more, um, you know, doing a little bit better than we are. And, uh, and they think, well, they probably feel they're better than we are, or something. Some of, some of the Baptists among the Baptists, not all the Baptists, some of them start stirring the others up and saying the, the the Mennonites are not evangelistic, and they're not, or uh, um, well, they've made a bunch of stories up. And, and then, well, well, uh, well, they some of those some of those Baptists came out. A Baptist lady came to uh, Betty's of where I was at, and when she walked in that church. She sat there and she smiled and she smiled. And after she, she said, she went to talk and talked and she jumped up and she said, I heard stories about y'all. She said, there's nothing like, like I heard. She said, I have, I have never saw anything like this, how the Spirit of God is working here. And how many children, it was like over a 100 children coming to our services. And lots of other people and, and people repenting, giving their hearts to the Lord. And she said, I'm going to go tell all those other Baptists, you need to go down there and visit that church and see what's going on there. And so some of those Baptists started to come down to visit and they were stunned. They said, this is exactly what we, what, well, how we feel. And so a Baptist minister, family, a very outstanding person, moved from way off from the Odessa, way down to the Black Sea, moved all the way up to where we were in a poor area. Uh, and normally you think, well, these people would move to a richer area, you know, to, to enhance their business. Well here, is a, it was no enhancing their business. It was like going backward, maybe, uh, 50 years. And so they moved there. And he said, I'm so glad to be in a church that stands on what the Bible says. And, and he would cry. I mean, and he, and he was, he was, uh, his ministry was taken away. Of course, when he left the Baptist, well, they, 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 they excommunicated him and, and of course lost his ministry. But we use him to preach there in the area now. But then uh, another minister heard about it, and, and he came to visit, and he, they, they finally moved there, had a large family, and uh, another, another uh, Baptist family came, moved there, and became members, an uh, older family, and uh, we had like six, six Baptist families move into the area where we were there, and uh, uh, I guess most of them are members now, and, and they love it, and, and it's kind of really peculiar. Uh, we, you know, they, they don't wash feet. That's one thing they don't do. And, but this, this one Baptist man, he was, he was in prison. And he got converted in prison. And, uh, and, and he, he was the one minister. And he had a big family after he came out. He got married and had a big family. And, uh, he heard about about our mission there, our church, and he came there. And he was so enthusiastic. Oh, this is wonderful! Y'all just do what the Bible says. You don't question it. You just do it. And you don't have divorce and remarriage. And, and uh, you know this is exactly what we want, So they moved there. And then we had communion. And we had feet washing. Uh, he went up there, all oh, his tears in face. And he got there and he washed, washed that brother's feet, you know. And he washed them good. I mean, he washed them up good. And, and when he got down, he got up and said, I want to give a testimony. He said, his tears run down his face. He said, I'm so happy. He said, I was so glad we did this. He said, I want to wash the whole floor. <laughs> he said, I was so happy we could wash feet. He said, that's what the Bible says. You know, we should love each other and kneel down to each other and do this. And I'm so glad that we, we, we obey what God says. So, uh, I say that people are looking for stability. They're looking for a place where people love the Lord, where they, where they where they believe what they're doing is right, and they're not ashamed to do it. You know, and you love each other, you don't, you don't, uh, uh, you protect each other. Uh, the church should be a place, it should be a refuge. It should be a place when you come to, you feel, you feel that you have protection there. And, and we don't, we don't, uh, we don't like when people talk about us and say things about us. Uh, we shouldn't talk about them. We shouldn't talk about each other evil. And, and even if it's true. You get what I'm saying? Even if it's true. And I'm gonna tell you what I'm saying is. Supposing, suppose uh, suppose that I, that I was going to a church and I had a problem and maybe I was a little forgetful and I done, did something silly because I was forgetful. And then I got there, and he whispered, "I guess the Lord did." He, did that forgetful thing, man, he did some silly old thing. They all be laughing about it, and it, it just make fun of me. I wouldn't feel good about that, because it's really not nothing. There's nothing I could really do about do about it. You know, if if I'd had that problem, and if you had that problem, there's nothing you could do about it. And so, uh, in a case like that, it's it's not edifying. It's not it's not of God to do that. I, I think that we ought to say, well. Poor soul, I mean, what if I couldn't hear? Or what if I couldn't, what, what if I was forgetful? One man said this one time. He said, I, he, he, uh, in his, in his, uh, later years, he asked me, he said, who are you? And I said, I'm Lloyd Troyer. And he talked to me for a little while, and he asked me again, he said, who are you? And I said, I'm Lloyd Troyer. His wife said, well, you just asked him a minute ago. And he said, oh, my wife said, or my, whatever her name was, I'm sorry, he said, one time years ago, he said, I, I made fun of somebody that, that would forget. He said, no, nah, I've got a terrible time. I can't remember even what I, what I asked five minutes ago. And he was just broken up. I mean, he was very depressed. And, and you don't like it when you can't, can't remember. You don't like it when you can't hear. You don't like it when you have, uh, you know, these problems. And so we need to protect each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to help each other, church. And that's, that's for all of us. And, and we for sure, when these people come that, that have not been raised the way we are, don't say those things that 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 are hurtful to them. Uh, that don't have to be said. And, and I think if they feel protected and loved, they'll they'll want to come. I believe it. I mean, I'd want to go there if people love me and understand me. You got any questions? How do we re- relate with these people? Maybe you've got some example of something you've experienced of maybe being misunderstood by somebody in the church or. Something would help in, in these situations? Sure. Being there. I very to
1: me. I had in my heart and spirit didn't know it. And one day she said to me, i to talk to you. I said, I'm going to tell you your faults. And <laughs> she sat me down, and she raised me a whole different of really took me back some of them were true but the thing that stood out to me most was said, I don't want to be a prophet
0: I don't want to be a prophet I do really didn't work in my heart I just I'm going to use it that. that if I want to help somebody I must not mm-hmm. yeah yeah it it we need to ask the Lord to help us to be humble you know it yeah, That's, that's a, that's a really scary thing to ask the Lord to help us be humble. I don't know if you know that or not, but to tell the Lord, Lord help me be humble, He can send you some stuff that really embarrassed you. <laughs> and so, but we need, we, I, I told the Lord, Lord I want to be humble, but please be gentle with me. <laughs> and the Lord's been good to me. He showed me different times of arrogant attitudes and, and things that I should have improved on and did different. It, and praise the Lord, He He's helped me in that. And so, I, I think it's about time that we we close, yeah. Sure, be glad to. Well, you know, even even among the Mennonites, we do the same thing, you know. But what happens is, is the devil uses that between supposedly you and us, you know. And I heard one brother say one time, that's a big mistake to say you and us, you know, we, you know, we have this problem. And we stand side by side, and how will we deal with it out here? It's pride. And we work with it together, side by side, instead of you and us, you know. And we do that among ourselves, and it's kind of like the, the, the black people. Back when I was a boy, the black people call each other niggers. It, it, that's very, very derogatory. You know, very bad. But it's a big joke. But if if one of us would slip and say that, they'd knock you flat. And and that's kind of the way it is. You know, with you and us. You know, if you say something about us, you, in a way, we knock you flat, because you're talking against us. Well, um, you know, we wouldn't knock you. We wouldn't knock you flat. but you know what I mean? Yeah. But. We need we need to know how to relate to that. We're we're all human. We need to not. We should not be offended at you, if if you know something we don't know. Say well, praise the Lord. You, that's wonderful. If you if you learn that, and how how could you you know could you tell me or share with me how to do this you know rather than say well <laughs> I don't want to talk to you because well, you're out there. It's, it's you. Uh, we we need to, we need to have patience with each other. And I look at where we're at, you know, whether we're inside the church or this way. Yeah. Yeah, uh. you know, I was just thinking too that so many times we view ourselves
1: as teachers and learners and, and, and that may be true in a lot of ways. But uh, you know, we don't have our act together really entirely.
0: And uh, sometimes people coming in from the outside they really see our inconsistency. You
1: know, it's just good if. Someone points
0: up our inconsistencies and says, you
1: know, it
0: doesn't make sense. You do this and this and this, but you don't do that. No I, to say, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Rather than be defensive, say, well, you got a point there. And that's one thing I did tell the brother-in-law when I was speaking on relationship together with, with those that, you know, weren't taught exactly the same way we were. I said, don't I ever say, well, I never heard of such a thing. You know. Well you know, what what do you think if, if somebody come on to give you an idea of something they, they thought about and they were excited about? Well oh, I never heard of such a thing. You know they, they get they get feel like, Oh you dummy, what in the world's wrong with you <laughs> But but what you should have said is said, Well that's a new thought. I didn't think about that before. Let me think about that one. You know, and act like you're excited about it. Well, that's a new thought. Let me think about that one. You know, rather than say, Well never never heard of it. You know, we we need to have that we we need to be humble. Okay. This is interesting. I don't, you know, I don't know what, uh, when the next session's at, when it's going to be, but. Uh. Bad, huh? <laughs> next, The next thing on, on schedule is going to be. Snacks next
1: session.
0: <laughs> y'all y'all want to miss the snack? <laughs> okay.
1: really you appreciate know, with uh, one of the daughters and she would just write her letters and blessing her and, um, you know, sharing what the Lord's been doing in her heart and, um, just uh, she would invite us to Bible school and, um, things like that. I kept up contact with them and, um, uh, we left a church that we had been going to and started, um, getting a uh, taste from charity and, um, that decided to come and check it out. We had some friends that moved up, and so we visited them. And, um, we were there. Uh, we moved up to Africa Christian Fellowship, and we were there for about two years. And um, there was a lot of different issues, um, but I think the main thing, uh, my parents, our family ended up leaving. Um, but it was just a disillusionment. Um, my brother was talking about there. Um, you know, we thought we were coming to a perfect church. And um, we found out that there are real people in there. Are, um, real. I, I can still say that my parents...
0: I think it's very valuable what we're talking here, and I hate to, to close it, but I think we're supposed to be retiring by 9.30, and I think they have a little something over. So I think we'll dismiss you. If you got any more questions or thoughts, you can share it later. You
1: had about five to nine minutes sitting in
0: your room. I did. About ten. Is that right? That <laughs> yeah. <I> was suspicious. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs>